morning. Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. Please stand as you are able to join us in a responsive reading found on page nine of your Black Appleton Psalter book. We'll be reading um, Psalm number 17 together. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. If thou triest my heart, if thou visitest me by night, if thou testest me, thou wilt find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. With regards to the words of men, by the words of my lips, I have avoided the faces of my mouth. My steps have held fast to thy paths, my feet have not slipped. I call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me, O God. Incline my ears to thee, hear my words. Wondrously show, show thy steadfast love. O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at thy right hand. Keep me as the apple of my eye, hide me in the shadow of thy wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me.
Hey, good morning. For those of my uh, relatives listening online, I'm going to begin with a very short text, a quote really that was a favorite of my grandmother's by Maya Angelou. Those we laughed with, learned with, leaned on the most, leave us with the best memories. This morning I want to talk to you about a duty of care, and I'm going to begin with a short story. After completing my doctoral coursework, I applied for a number of jobs in institutions across the country. Most responses to my applications were very courteous and appropriately worded rejection letters, which were received with relief. I have never lived outside of my home state before. Then I received that one phone call. We've looked at your application and we want to bring you out for an interview. Are you still interested in the position and would you be willing to come out for a campus visit? Of course I'm interested. This was a prestigious university, at least as far as my limited knowledge understood. I hang up the phone, and I immediately Google the location of the university. Where the heck am I going? A couple weeks later, I'm doing a full day visit on the East Coast at an Ivy League university. I'm not intimidated. I'm intrigued. I really don't know any better. This kind of institution is completely new to me. Then I meet them, a handful of native students, who are trying to call this institution home. We eat, we laugh, we share, we smile, and we commiserate while enjoying the presence of an adorable two-year-old, the child of one of the students. Almost like we're not in a university setting. Almost like we're family spending time together. They watch over me, they give me tips, and ensure that I get back to my hotel room safely that night. They linger, and I linger. The day ended too soon, it seemed. The next day, I'm back on an airplane, campus visit and interview over. As the plane begins to take off, I start to pray and I start to cry. These students are so brave. They are so strong and they are so lonely. They just wanted one thing and it was so simple. They wanted a native administrator in the institution to support them, to be a voice for them, to be a representative for them. I cried and I prayed and I asked that they be given someone to support them to protect them, to continue to strengthen them. Deep down, I was so afraid. I was afraid to leave them in that place, so far away from home. I was afraid I was doing the wrong thing by going home while they still had to be there. I was afraid they would not get the love, support, and protection they should constantly have as our native youth and as our future. I've always been intrigued by this idea of in loco parentis. Not an idea, really, but a legal relationship debated in universities and in courtrooms. But it's interesting to think that an institution, a college or a university, would consider itself the parent of its students, responsible for overseeing not just the academic development of that student, but the moral and social development of that student. And that every employee in that institution should be mindful in fulfilling the duties of in loco parentis, or what is now considered to be providing a duty of care. I don't need a legal term to allow me or to tell me to be mindful of how I care for our students. I have aunties and uncles, grandmas and grandpas, moms and dads, tribal leaders and tribal elders, all coming up to me at national meetings and community visits. And they say to me, thank you for being there, for taking care of our students. I know I have to be responsible to every student's family, extended and immediate, and every student's tribal or home community. 
I know how important it is for every Native student to succeed, but also to remain whole while doing so. I hear the family and community prayers being said and repeated for these students. I see these prayers around our students as they walk through campus, as they walk into classrooms, as they organize events, and as they go about their days simply being college students. This comes back to the story I shared. I cried because I knew the parents and the tribal communities of the students at that Ivy League institution did not want or intend for their child, their children, their students to ever feel alone or in need. They want the complete opposite. They want their children to grow with knowledge and experience, with expertise that can be used in good ways that can be brought home. They want their children to be in balance, balancing the new knowledge they are learning with the cultural understandings that make up their native identities. I wholeheartedly believe this is what we all want for our children, for our students, for our society, to grow with new knowledge and expertise that can be used in good ways while maintaining the integrity and acceptance of our diverse understandings. My challenge to everyone today is to remember we don't need anyone to tell us or to allow us to care for our society. We know how important it is for us to all succeed, and we need to find ways to ensure that our success allows every single person in our society to remain whole. We each have the responsibility to provide a duty of care to someone, somewhere. I ask that we each be sure to provide that care with grandmas and grandpas, aunties and uncles, mothers and fathers, nieces and nephews, children and grandchildren, and even entire home communities, always in the front of our minds. The prayer I offer today is part of a prayer written by Dr. Henrietta Mann, which you can find in the monograph Serving Native American Students. Creator of the wonders and mysteries of life, we thank you for your gifts of the mind, sight, hearing, motion, and speech. In the beginning, just as our beloved ancestors thank you for your abundant blessings, we too thank you for the blessings we enjoy today. With your awesome power, you gave your humble children of earth the gift of the mind. As we journey on earth, the inner human thoughts of our minds remind us of your power and enduring love for your entire creation contained within the sacred circle. In blessing us with the mind, you intended us to develop it in respectful and useful ways. In blessing us with the mind, you intended that we become educated about life and for life. You instructed that we balance thinking with the mind, with the thinking of the heart, so that we can be loving, compassionate human beings, respectfully walking on earth. In infinite holiness, you connected our minds and hearts with that of the Spirit. As we move through time, I ask that we continue to honor your creation and that the world be filled with the goodness of peace for today and all time that is to be. Amen. Please join me in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power.
power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now please stand as you are able to join us in the singing of the hymn, This is my song, O God of all the nations, hymn number 29, found in your crimson hymnal, hymn number 29. May God's peace rest, rule, and abide in each of your lives and mine from this day on until we meet again. Let the gathered people say, Amen. Amen.